All right, welcome back. Big day. Michigan in Houston to take on Washington for the national championship. And look, this doesn't come around very often. And I think we are we are entering a new era of college football where you are going to see much more parity thanks to the transfer portal, thanks to NIL deals, and the fact that schools and boosters can step up in a way. You're going to see less situations like Georgia, like Alabama, like Auburn, some of these Southern Blue Bloods in the SEC where they're able to just hoard all the talent. Well, now schools are able to be competitive in a way they weren't before, and that's able to attract talent from all across the country in different ways, like the NIL, like the transfer portal. And and I think Michigan, in a in a way, they have built this roster and this team through some of those methods. Last year, having a lot of these guys come back after a second failed attempt in the college football playoff, using NIL to bring them and lure them back was a big win. Then you go to the transfer portal. You bring in some of these linemen, defensive ends, uh, defense or offensive tackles, and those have paid dividends for the Wolverines on the football field. So Michigan, in a way, is a byproduct of new age college football. And they were able to beat somebody like Alabama because of those tools that are now at their disposal. Well, as Michigan gets ready to kick things off, uh, Houston is a great town, lots of great food, and the place is just buzzing. Hobie Arteague is a reporter with WDIV Sports and joins us this afternoon. Hobie, it's good to have you. Hey, great to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. You got it. It, it. Talk to me about the vibe down in Houston today. A lot of amazing blue around from walking around town. It's a little rainy outside right now, but people that I've talked to are still going out to tailgate. So, you know, uh, it's the national championship. You've got to throw it all out there, have a good time. A lot of maize and blue, but a lot of purple and gold, too, as two teams who have not won a championship in decades uh, get to square off here in, uh, in Texas. What's the, what's the vibe you're getting amongst Michigan fans? Are they confident? Are they, opti- are, they, are they optimistic that today could go their way? Is there some trepidation about facing Michael Panix Jr. and the, this group of, of NFL-caliber wide receivers? What's the, what's the vibe you're getting from fans down there? Nobody has said the word loss. I'll put it to you that way. Okay, fair. <laughs> I think after the last couple of years, and you mentioned it just in your open right there with so many players coming back. I talked to Mike Sainer still earlier this week, and he said, this is the type of game that we came back for. After what happened against Georgia in that Orange Bowl a few years ago, especially what happened against TCU in that Fiesta Bowl, this is a team that's really driven to want to go out and win it all and actually bring a championship to Michigan, something that hadn't been done in 26 years. And it's a big reason why they all returned on both sides of the ball. Defense, offense, Blake Corm, he didn't get to play in the playoff last year. Now, I think he's going to be a big key for the offense going into this one. Um, but the fan base, very optimistic. They think that this is going to be the year, especially against this Washington team. Do the players feel like, you know, I don't make the direct comparisons to, you know, the C.J. Stroud and mm-hmm. and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Olave and, and Garrett Wilson, uh, that 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 Ohio State team and those Ohio State teams were built in a way like Washington is, mm-hmm. where they've got a high passing, a high power passing attack, receivers that'll go make plays, and and they've got a run game that complements that. It's very similar to what they faced with with Ohio State. Do they feel like those games against Ohio State, that type of personnel, do they feel like that prepares them for a game against Michael Penix and company? Uh, I'll put it to you this way. Who won those games against those Ohio State teams? Right. <laughs> that's, how, that's how this Michigan defense feels. We were talking to him about it earlier this week. 
And they said, well, they're great and all, but we're also the number one scoring defense in the country. Overall, they've given up about 10.4 points per game. They've dominated all season. The game against Ohio State that they had, Marvin Harrison Jr. got his early in that game. But after that, they kind of locked down. And I think that this is a defense that the key to tonight for them is going to be getting pressure on Michael Penix Jr. You look at some of his stat lines. I was looking at his game log a couple of weeks ago. And I said, okay, what is the anomaly here? And the one different stat line that he had was against Arizona State. So I looked that game up, and they put pressure on him all night long. He had no touchdown passes, two interceptions in that game. I think that's going to be the key for the Michigan defense. Yes, on the back end, uh, they're going to have to play some lockdown coverage with Will Johnson, Rod Moore, guys like that on the back end. But up front, they're going to have to get pressure on Michael Penix Jr. and force him to move off of his spot because that is when he is most dangerous. Uh, Washington does feature the Joe Murrow offensive line of the year. Mm-hmm. Michigan in 2021, 2022 also won that award. It didn't get them very much because they were bounced in the, in the first round of the college football playoff. D- does, does this offense feel, or the, the, rather this defense feel like they can be opportunistic and, and force Michael Penix into a box and make some bad throws? I believe so because you look at the pressure that they can create. You look at what they did in the first half against Alabama last week. They pressured Jalen Milroe the entire first half, five sacks in that first half. They were aggressive in that first half, and I think that that's what needs to continue tonight because in that second half, they backed off a little bit, and Milroe was able to run. Granted, this is going to be an entirely different quarterback in Michael mm-hmm. Penix Jr. who's going to use his arm. Left-handed quarterback, by the way, so does that throw an extra element into the equation? Um, but this is a, a defensive front that feels like if they can't create that pressure, that that is going to set the tone to win this game. You know, the, the other thing that, that strikes me about this team is there is no, there is no moment too big. And, no. and last week, I mean, I think, you know, chips to the middle of the table. They had to make a drive late in that game, four minutes left. Their offense had been stagnant in the second half. And and they had to make they had to put a drive together that was going to get it done. And there was some some gambling done. Jim Harbaugh going forward on fourth down deep in their own their own zone, and and it all paid off. And JJ McCarthy stepped up and made some really big plays. Blake Corum obviously in overtime, but but it, it just feels like this team has built itself in a way that they are not worried about the moment. It's not too big for them, and if. There is that adversity in game, which surely there will be. Um, they're able to to maneuver and and make it work for them. And what told me on that drive? So so here, let me set the stage for you. So after Alabama kicked that field goal to take an even bigger lead in that game over at the Rose Bowl, we walked from the press box down to the field. And while I was walking down, I thought to myself, "This is when we're going to find out what this team is made of. Is this the same team as the last few years who makes it to the national semifinal?" only to get knocked out early once again for the third straight year. I said that to myself, and I was like, okay, let's see what they got on this last drive. And they put something together. McCarthy took over that game. He took over that game, and then Blake Corum finished it. I think that for tonight, McCarthy has to play a clean game. You look at the last few games. Granted, that first play, that was the near pick against Alabama. That Take that off the table. But you look at the last three games against Alabama, against Iowa, against Ohio State, he didn't make any mistakes. He has to play a clean game today, and I think that the way that Michigan can also run the ball with getting pressure on Penix on defense, on offense, put the ball in Blake Corum's hands. Let him run. Let him in that offensive line, create some gaps, find some big gains, gains, and kind of bleed the clock out a little bit because sometimes the best defense is keeping their offense off of the field at times. And that could be the recipe for success tonight if Michigan wants to bring back that national championship. All right, here's where I want you to call me crazy if you think I'm nuts. 
Michael Penix last week in the semifinal game against Texas threw for 430 yards. That is an unsustainable winning model as Texas had a late drive to, to, to darn near win the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a scenario where Michael Penix is able to throw for 430 yards on this defense in back-to-back games. I, I think that's an unsustainable model. I don't know that Washington has the horses on the defensive front to stop Michigan's running attack. And I think that you're going to see a big game out of Michigan's tight ends. And and this is where uh, this is where I think that Washington is going to have a lot of trouble offensively. The tight ends get into the mix. You're going to see some play action to Blake Corum. And and I think McCarthy uses his legs more than at any other point in this yeah. season. They throw try to throw a couple of new wrinkles. Their offensive and defensive coordinators have been elite play callers over the last four weeks. And it just it just feels like Washington isn't going to be able to make enough stops and score enough points in critical situations. Am I nuts? No, you're not. You're not at all because I think that this is – everybody wants to say, well, Michigan's defense hasn't faced an offense like this one yet this year. Well, you could conversely say the same thing, that Washington has not faced Michigan's defense and and how stingy they've been all season Defense? They play in the Pac-12. What defense do they play in the (laughs) Pac-12? Good point, but especially whenever you're putting up 30-something points a game. But but to your point on offense, if they can just get this thing rolling, and especially to the tight ends, you brought that up, if they can get Colson Loveland some catches, if they can get A.J. Barner some catches, those two had relatively very quiet games in that Rose Bowl. It was all about mm-hmm. everything else. That's new wrinkles that they could throw out there with Sharon Moore leading the way on this offense. Um, that might be the recipe for success, too. If you can just run the ball, play the short passing game, and again, like you said, with J.J. McCarthy using his legs, that's something we have not seen a lot of. But we were talking to Alabama players last week, and they were well aware. They, I, I talked to uh, Dallas Turner. Alabama's linebacker, and he said mm-hmm. he put uh, McCarthy's ability to use his leg in the same mold as a guy like Jane Daniels yeah. at LSU. Yeah. So he said we're aware of it. We know it can happen, but that's something re- McCarthy really didn't do last week. So that's another wrinkle Washington has to prepare for. I'll be RT at Channel 4. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you got it. Got to take a break. More next.